Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. And welcome to another hour dedicated to the notion of enlightenment, an hour for inquiry and reflection, all in an effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be enlightened. An hour devoted to exploring the edge of consciousness and all that is implied thereof. An hour that recognizes the nature of the subjective experience as being at least as important as the objective reality we reside within. Indeed, an hour for the open-minded, and boy, that calls on me today, willing to examine their deepest beliefs. An hour designed to help us go further inward and perhaps challenge some of those old ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. This is an hour where we strive to evaluate knowledge as inseparable from the total experience of reality. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right, well, before we get into our regular letters, I want to address that, you know. Uh, I received, I heard from James in the chat room, and he wrote, quote, Excellent guest as always, Eldon. I intend to listen to the rebroadcast later today. We're always having so much fun with Ravinder and the gang that is remote as it might be possible for us to miss something in the broadcast. Okay, now what are you doing in the chat room that's subtracting from the broadcast? We're adding quality, actually. What you do is you get two for the price of one. So you come to the chat room and hear the show, but then you can go back and listen to the show again and get a whole other benefit out of it. Oh, I see. Now, you leave the chat room up, though, too. So if you listen to the show first, you could always go back and look at what the chat you was. You can, but then you can't, you know, participate. So you, you <laughs> get to pick up on the jokes and stuff but and so, some of the other information that comes through. I want to know what room. kind of movies you show in there. Normally, we try to show something on the person you're interviewing because I think it really helps to see the person. It, 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 again, it adds an extra dimension, so it's not just a voice. All right, each week I read a few of your letters as our way of paying respect to the importance you play in helping us to shape our show and improve it in every way. Last week we hosted Dr. Victor Waddell and discussed the old mechanical nature of medicine and the new approach that incorporates the entire energy of being, the psychology, spirituality, and energy from a more Einsteinian perspective. Elaine wrote, Eldon, I'm glad you highlighted this because I always think how important it is to have spiritual intelligence, compassion, in order to truly heal ourselves and others. Terry wrote, provocative enlightenment. What an extraordinary program. With one phone call today, Hay House Radio via Eldon has helped and given extraordinary hope to millions upon whom, quote, or subquote, the suicide disease, a.k.a. tinnitus, has come upon their body. It is, intellig- it is an intelligent program, and it also seeks to solve without enabling. Brilliant. Mr. Eldon's a keeper. I hope he stays on for a long time, long while. Wow. Patty, thank you. I'm humbled and very grateful for your feedback and comments. Rebecca wrote, this was interesting, and I didn't get a chance to call in, but I have to say that while neurofeedback is indeed well-studied and powerful, it is also prohibitively expensive. The recommendation of 25 to 40 sessions for the woman with tinnitus could easily cost 5000 or more. I would love to see more shows dedicated to more accessible means of healing that can produce similar results like brainwave entrainment. Okay, thanks, Rebecca. We do have more shows scheduled, and indeed we have a whole host of specialists in this area coming in. I've been researching this area for over 25 years myself. I've written books on it. 
Uh, and, and we'll have Dr. Larry Dossey himself coming up pretty soon. But with that said, I'm not aware of any solid research that suggests brain wave entrainment is beneficial for conditions such as tinnitus. Uh, if it is, and you're aware of it, you know, please do send it to me. All right, Mark wrote, Thank you, Eldon. I just finished your book, Mind Programming, a great read and a for sure study guide. Also, I just listened to an old interview with you and George Nury. You have opened my eyes to another world, especially the reverse speech. Wow. Well, thank you, Mark. And Mind Programming continues to be an international bestseller, thanks to the support of all of you out there. And and, and thank you. That's 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 that's. I'm having trouble saying thank you, but thank you. That's as far as I, okay. Phoebe wrote, thank you so much for that amazing offer in conjunction with what does it mean? It means so much to me to be able to use your inner talk system for the first time. I kept putting off buying the technology. The best thing I've done lately is invest in it in your work. Thanks to my Kindle, I can read and listen to your work at the same time. Wow. Thank you, Fifi. By the way, I noticed that both of my books, What Does That Mean and Mind Programming, are paired at Amazon for one super low price. Check it out for yourself. And make a note, you can get a 20% off right here at Hay House today. Susan wrote, love all your shows. Can't wait to listen to the downloads. Okay, here's my segue. Thank you, Susan. To remind all of you out there that we have a number of programs that are yours for, the, for you know, free, just for the downloading. is just a part of our own Pay It Forward program. They... Uh, they're all the real deal. None of them are samples. You can download them as simply going to eldentaylor.com and choosing free programs from the right-hand navigation pane. It really couldn't be much simpler. Laney wrote, you rock, Eldon. Thank you for sharing your wisdom gift and unlocking our minds. Love my DVD series, Change Without Thinking. Frickin' good stuff. Thank you. Puts a smile on my face. Thank you, Laney. And then we received this note from an InterTalk user. Quote, I woke up this morning and I thought about a guy that always made me mad. And my mind would always segue into a yama yama whatever. And I felt completely neutral today. I had the thought that I had been brainwashed. But then I decided I had been brain cleansed. Yay! You can use my initials. Okay, AP, I just did. Thank you for the letter. I like that one, Rav. What do you think of brain cleansed and, you know, intertalk, the brain cleanser? That's cool. Okay, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to Eldon, E-L-D-O-N, at eldentaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. You can also just leave comments on my website. I do try to read all of your letters, and they do impact our programming. I highly value your input, so once again, thank you, all of you, for your feedback and comments. Now to today's show. I will tell you at the onset, there was a time in my life that the notion of alien beings visiting Earth was so totally absurd to me that when Shirley MacLaine wrote her book, Out on a Limb, I often quipped something like, she went out there and sawed it off. I don't know what you think about the insistence that alien life is visiting us today, uh, or what you think about alien abductions. But at that time, back in the days I was practicing criminalist, uh, using my education to chase bad guys, etc., I kind of looked at the whole thing with some disdain. I must admit, I've moved from that, but I'm, you know, well, <clears throat> the question is this. Is there a massive global cover-up, a conspiracy to keep from the public information about alien visitors? 
Are the governments of the world, the news agencies of the world, and others all in on this conspiracy? Or is this all just the hype that some conspiracy theorists want us to believe? And what's the truth? Again, I admit to being somewhat dubious about the whole matter of aliens, but then I choose to remain open-minded. I know very well how cover-ups often employ the notion of ridicule to convince the public that an idea is ludicrous and even laughable. Remember that old faithful statement made by those who would debunk anything outside the accepted paradigm. A good belly laugh is worth a thousand syllogism. It's their strategy. I write about it in mind programming. So for me, the jury is still out with regard to aliens. Maybe it won't be by the end of this show. But that said, when someone steps up and offers evidence of the cover-up, and insist that they can prove aliens are visiting visiting us now. They get my attention. I invited our guest to the show today because of these claims and because of who he is. We heard a couple of weeks ago about ancient aliens visiting the Earth. Giorgio Sucolo shared much of it with us. Arguably, there exists even more evidence for ancient aliens, and Von Daniken and Sucolos have presented it on national television and through Van Daniken's many books. If you buy the idea of ancient aliens, what's so foreign about the notion that they still exist? Or in the alternative, that they're finally returning. Our guest today insists that there is indeed a huge cover-up designed to keep the information about modern visits hush-hush. He argues that there are intentional deceptions orchestrated by those who would keep this from the public and that some of these deceptions are deliberately designed to make the whole matter of UFOs and aliens appear to be silly nonsense perpetrated by a few deranged folks. If that's not enough, he also insists that covert operations by our own government are a part of the conspiracy to withhold the truth from our citizens. I'm not sure what you think about all of this, but I would love your thoughts, opinions, experiences, and questions. You can join us by phoning toll-free. 1-866-254-1579, and international callers can dial their country code, then 760-918-4300. And once again, you can also join us in our chat room at eldentaylor.com forward slash chat. All right, if you think all at all like maybe I did some 25 years or so ago, you, you might wonder what kind of person is going to make these claims. I mean, is this some kind of a nut? However, our guest today is anything but a nut. Dr. Stephen Greer is the founder and director of the Disclosure Project and the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Greer is former chairman of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Caldwell Memorial Hospital in North Carolina. He is an emergency physician and a member of Alpha Omega Alpha, the nation's most prestigious medical honor society. He is also the author of Hidden Truth, Forbidden Knowledge or extraterrestrial contact, the evidence and implications. Also, disclosure, military government witnesses, reveal the greatest secrets in modern history. And the book we'll spend most of our time on today, Contact, Countdown to Transformation. He also stars in the film Fast Walkers, which is a documentary on UFO visitors that features several interviews with military experts and personnel. You will find links to all of his books and videos on eldentaylor.com, as Ravinder said, under the Provocative Enlightenment Show. 
Dr. Greer's published bio states that he has met with and provided briefings for senior members of government, military, and intelligence operations in the United States and around the world, including CIA officials. Dr. Greer has been seen and heard by millions worldwide on shows such as Larry King Lies. So let's meet our guest. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Dr. Greer. Thank you very much. I enjoyed your book very much. I want to start right out with that. Thank you. With with the video, it, does it come with a video? I, yes, I received the, the it with most re- The most recent book comes with a DVD, and uh, at, yeah. disclo- at disclosureproject.org, um, you can get that. And, and also the book Disclosure, which has about 70 of these uh, classified military, um, mostly Department of Defense, but also CIA officials who've come forward uh, sort of as whistleblowers. Um, by the way, they're all named, except for one or two that requested anonymity, and uh, and we have, along with that, a number of, of uh, documents, the military and uh, Department of Defense documents that establish what they're claiming. So one of the things I always say to people, I'm really not interested in claims, speculations, and theories. I'm more interested in what the facts are, and the facts are pretty dispositive. And at this point, uh, we have about 550 of these military and uh, intelligence officials in the United States, some are in Great Britain and, and France and other countries, who have come forward with uh, the evidence that, in fact, we're not alone in the universe and that we are being visited. Uh, the big question most people never come around to being able to figure out, and, and frankly, uh, it's not just CIA officials I've met with on this matter. I've met with the director of the Central Intelligence Agency personally to brief him on this, and he and others like him, believe it or not, usually are not told anything on this subject, and if they ask, they're lied to. So there's a, a very large problem in, in how classified projects that are, are what are called unacknowledged projects like this are being handled. And uh, most of these uh, people, you know, there's this uh, wrong notion that there's some vast conspiracy which does not exist. It's actually a relatively small conspiracy being held by people who, as Eisenhower wisely said, uh, the military-industrial complex that have become a threat to our democracy and our way of life. And, uh, you know, when Eisenhower said that, it was because uh, he had been uh, blocked uh, in terms of controlling some of the projects studying this matter back in the 1950s. This we have from people who worked directly with him. So, you know, we have put together a very, very strong evidential-based case for this and, and asked some very serious questions that we're attempting to answer, and the, the chief amongst them being, why would this be kept secret if it's true? And the answer tracks very quickly back to uh, the modus operandi, quoting from a Canadian top-secret document that said that uh, a group of people uh, in the early 1950s were trying to study the modus operandi of these vehicles, meaning the propulsion and energy systems. And once they began to look at the physics behind how you're going to travel faster than the speed of light amongst the stars, they began to go into this area that I call uh, trans-dimensional or interdimensional physics, which allows for pulling energy out of the fabric of space around us. And it means you don't need oil. And the bottom line of this is the secrecy has to do with maintaining the macroeconomic system because, uh, frankly, we already have the means to uh, get ourselves completely off of oil and gas and coal and nuclear power and heal the planet and heal a lot of the most pressing problems facing humanity. But you've got $600 trillion in a special interest group that does not want that to happen, and that's the tail wagging the dog of the U.S. government. Okay, you know, now I, I, I wanted to start out with asking you how you got 
involved in this, but since since we've gone to some names, you know, I, I'm just going to have to come straight up at you. We're, we, you know, we do that here, and uh, there are, you know, there are anyone that does any any research on this or that, that looks at your work in it uh, has to recognize that you do uh, use a lot of names. You do name sources. But often those people, uh, for example, James Woolsey, a CIA director, says he he has he knows absolutely nothing. He he totally refutes your claims. And Edgar Mitchell states uh, his quote is, I cooperated with Steve Greer some years ago, but he began to overreach his data continuously, necessitating withdrawal by myself. And I believe several others. How do you how do you respond to that? I mean, well, is this well, all case, a part it, of the macroeconomics conspiracy? No, it, it, it's part of people running when the when the fire gets too hot and they get out of the kitchen. Uh, Woolsey was the CIA director for Clinton, who, uh, and right. I have letters to prove this, invited me to provide a, a briefing for him, which we did. And it was a three-hour meeting. And in the aftermath of that, when he realized that he was not going to be able to uh, get the president to take action on this, he began to backpedal out of it, and it's, it's your typical political uh, song and dance. And uh, I think that what you find in Washington is that people, many people want to know about this, but when they're called upon to actually do something about it, which is what happened after he left the position of CIA director, and we brought up this question, why are these people who have taken an oath to defend and uphold the Constitution not do anything about these illegal operations that are going on? And that is when he began to backpedal. So this is typical of what you find with folks who are, who are more politically oriented rather than getting to the truth of these issues. Okay, you know, one of the things that I did uh, enjoy most about Contact Countdown was, was uh, by adding the DVD to it, you, you actually get a picture, you know, and it is visual, you know, to a lot of the accounts that go on in the book. What on earth prompted you, a surgeon, to get interested in UFOs? Well, you know, my uncle um, built the was the senior project engineer that designed the lunar module. I don't know if you remember that thing that put Neil Armstrong uh-huh. on I the do. moon. I do. Well, of his his company was Grumman, became Northrop Grumman, and I was a very young child. I guess about eight years old or so, or nine years old uh, when he got involved with that project, and and I became very interested in space. And around that time, I had a sighting of one of these objects. In fact, I had a very close sighting, and. It was uh, in broad daylight, and a group of kids and I were out. And, you know, 5%, 10% of the United States population have seen these uh, uh, UFO objects. So it's not that rare of an event, actually. However, this, to me, was a pivotal moment where I went, oh, my God, there's something here that is certainly not a conventional uh, airplane uh, or anything like my uncle is working on. And so I began a strong, lifelong interest in it at that time. Um, the, the, the tie-in to the work we're doing, and that's described in this book, Contact, Countdown to Transformation, is, is has to do with consciousness. Because, uh, And it's interesting that I'm on Hay House, because Louise Hay came uh, years ago. I was uh, becoming a meditation teacher, and she came to a meeting I held on uh, consciousness and, and prayer and meditation, and that's when I first met Louise Hay. And uh, then later I met her with Bernie Siegel at some conferences. But what was interesting is that I found through my research in the subject is that interstellar civilizations are using technologies that can interface with 
consciousness and directed thought, what we call coherent thought, and that this is really another part of the secret, and that is how are you going to communicate across the vastness of space? Well, it isn't going to be with an AT&T uh, cell phone. So you begin to look at this, and you begin to realize that there's this multiverse out there that's a conscious holographic universe that has scientific applications that are profound, not only for healing, but for communication, for space travel, et cetera, and so forth. And this whole new area of science and physics is really a big part of what the secrecy is about, because it is a paradigm-busting bit of information. And uh, however, in the course of this, I began to have experiences in consciousness where I found that if you were in a, a very expanded state of consciousness and could engage in what has been popularly called remote viewing, that you can connect with the communication systems on these extraterrestrial vehicles and make contact with them. And this is something which is, of course, enormously controversial. I'm sure this is what what Mitchell was talking about, about going off the reservation, because it's a bridge too far for your reductionist, materialistic, linear thinking kind of people. But it is also part of why the whole issue is secret, because the truth is so much more bizarre than the fiction that's out there that you see in Hollywood or in in, in documentaries and movies, and actually more interesting. Uh, it really speaks to this whole new uh, kind of confluence of where physics and, and the science of consciousness are coming together, except in this case, uh, as Dr. John at the, at the, at the Peer Lab at, at Princeton said to me, we're basically doing in an applied experiment with the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence what has been done in labs and other places that verify uh, this sort of non-locality that Larry Dossie talks about, or this aspect of the conscious mind that's in an omnipresent resonant field. And this actually does have applications for contact and for science and for technology. And I also might add, uh, at a a less conscious level perhaps, on uh, trans-dimensional energy systems that allow for transportation. You know, these objects that people report, and we have the the head of the FAA gave us uh, actual original digital videotapes of these objects moving in a nonlinear way while a 747 Japan Airlines uh, aircraft was tracking it and it was tracked on military aircraft. We have all this dispositive evidence, and what you see on this videotape is a nonlinear movement. It doesn't move like an aircraft from point A to B. It's at one point, it dematerializes, reappears at another point in space 40, 50 miles away, and this is verified through multiple radar tapes from multiple locations, ground and air-based. And what you find when you look at the science of that is that this is speaking to an entirely new view of our universe and also of how we might be able to get energy from the fabric of space-time. And the reason that ends up getting ridiculed a great deal is that I'm sure the people who have uh, oil and gas and coal do not want it to be known that we have not needed these Earth-destroying technologies for at least 50 or 60 years. We have a hard break coming up. We'll have to pick this one up after the break. And I definitely want to hear more about this materialization, dematerialization. However, you know, I I mean, there's got to be a mechanic behind that, even if it's beyond us. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Greer, and we're discussing his books. It's his books, the theory of ufology and this whole notion of aliens. We'll be right back after these words from some of our friends. Be sure and stay tuned. Every day, every moment, we face choices. 
Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? Inner Talk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. Inner Talk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're discussing the work of Dr. Stephen Greer, including his uh, book, Contact, Countdown to Transformation. It's a great book, great read. I I looked at the DVD as I read it. I I highly recommend it. Whether you believe or you disbelieve, if you don't open yourself up to the evidence, well, then you're... You know, you can't even be a true skeptic, according to that sense. The man's moving me, but before we get back to today's show, I want to invite you to check out our all-new Provocative Enlightenment website. Just go to ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. Also, how about liking our Facebook fan page for Provocative Enlightenment Radio? As a fan of the show, you will also receive some special announcements and incentives from time to time. It's just our way of thanking you for your support. I'd also like to invite you to join me on Facebook while you're there, and of course you can follow me on Twitter. Now we did a survey at the beginning of the show in the chat room on how many of you embrace the idea of aliens visiting us now, and to my surprise, 75% of you did, 25% of you were unsure, none of you uh, disbelieved. We're going to do a survey again toward the end of the show to compare that uh, because our guest is very convincing, and I'd like to know if if you're being moved in the same sense that I am. All right. Now, before the break, we were talking about uh, the materialization and dematerialization uh, somehow in the space-time continuum of, uh, of alien ships. But from the chat room, we had many comments come in, and one of those comments is worthy of just getting up on the air before we go back. So let's go to Erica, who we encourage to call, uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. She's on line one. Erica, I believe you uh, you have something you'd like to add. Please do. Hi, thanks. Um, I had just mentioned that I was in the U.S. Army military intelligence a little over 30 years ago, 
and um, we were instructed that whichever country captured an alien, they were to get what they could out of them and then kill them. And I was just absolutely horrified to hear that, especially that our fine country would participate in something like that. And I was also pretty surprised that somebody who was somebody thought that the possibility was real enough that they actually had a policy about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah, should, you... Uh, by the way, you should contact me uh, through disclosureproject.org, and we can discuss this further. Uh, but this is actually is a standard operating procedure, and unfortunately, uh, contrary to what you know, most people could even imagine, uh, there have been operations since the 1940s that have had this policy that you're describing. And uh, if you look at the over 500 military and intelligence people I have who are working with me now, there are a number of them have been on these sort of teams. Uh, some were under the cover of an NBC, Nuclear Biological Chemical Retrieval Team. But uh, and, I, and I think what folks have to understand is that there has been a militarization of, of, this, of this situation, which redounds uh, not to the benefit of, the, of, of humanity, but to a very small classified area of, of folks who really want to know uh, the science b- behind uh, these interstellar vehicles. And uh, by the way, uh, no one in the business calls them UFOs. They call them ETVs, which are extraterrestrial vehicles, or ARVs, which are alien reproduction vehicles, which are the ones that uh, Lockheed Martin and Northrop, my uncle's old company, are making that are uh, anti-gravity devices out there in the high desert of California and, and out in Utah near uh, the Dugway Proving Grounds, and, and also in Georgia, I might add, uh, out near uh, one of the uh, air bases there. So uh, w- one of the things folks need to understand is is that when Rumsfeld said there's $2 trillion missing out of the Department of Defense budget, he's talking about this area. And uh, most folks can't imagine that, you know, when I was briefing the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and uh, you would know this position, J2, the head of Intelligence Joint Staff, neither of these men, one was an admiral, one a general, um, had access to these projects, but I had get, given them a top-secret document that had the project code names and code numbers on it that had been provided it. to me, and they were able to, to to trace them down. However, when they finally got hold of those compartmented operations, they were they were told, and I'm quoting, "You don't have a need to know, and we're not going to read you into this program." So, one, one of the one of the real problems here is governance, where there has been a subversion of the chain of command from the president on down. And I have an interview with actually John F. Kennedy's uh, chief steward on Air Force One in uh, 1963 when he was flying to uh, Berlin on, on, on Air Force One to give his famous I am a balloonist speech. And, and this colonel told me that, that Jack Kennedy uh, uh, said, yes, I know this is real. I have been briefed that there are extraterrestrial civilizations here, but the whole matter is out of my control. I don't control them, and I don't know why. This man was weeping as he told this story, and he's a big, burly, mm-hmm. retired Air Force dude. And uh, what was interesting about this is that if I had heard that from one military guy, I would have brushed it off. But after hearing it from dozens and now over 500 of them, uh, there's no question in my mind. And, and the evidence we put together is really as dispositive if you take the time to look at disclosureproject.org. The big question is, how do we as a people correct this problem? Um, and that's where you shine the light. I mean, this is why I founded the Disclosure Project uh, back some years ago. And we continue to pull, pull people from these classified projects who have the courage to come forward and put their testimony out. But something else has to happen. And that is, I think we have to become citizen diplomats because there is a policy to target these extraterrestrial vehicles and capture them and kill them. 
But there's another side of humanity that's a more beautiful side and, and a more healing side and a more conscious side. And and the reason I formed CSETI, and if you go to CSETI.org, you'll see the programs we're doing. We really feel that people need to become citizen ambassadors from Earth to these people. And it, and as outrageous as that sounds, and this has gotten me a great deal of ridicule, I know that, but there, you can do it. And And I think that we need to have, just like Physicians for Social Responsibility were going over to the old Soviet Union during the darkest days of the Cold War, we need to become people who understand that we're not alone, that these civilizations are completely non-hostile. I mean, let's face it, if you can travel faster than the speed of light, if they were hostile, it would be done by now. But I think that the bigger question is, who's showing the face of humanity to these uh, interstellar visitors? It's the worst elements of humanity, not the best. And we need uh, people like, well, uh, the Honorable Paul Hellyer, who's now working with us, who used to be the Minister Minister of Defense for Canada. Uh, We we need wonderful people uh, like I worked with for some years, Senator Claiborne Pell, who those of us who were poor, like myself, who went to college on Pell Grants, uh, were, you know, this man epitomized noblesse oblige and and was this wonderful man. A lot of people like that should be on on, on a committee dealing with contact and interfacing with these civilizations rather than these shadowy, very secretive programs that do not have the oversight of the Congress or the President. Well, if I had not heard it with my own ears, I probably wouldn't have believed it. I would have thought it was just some conspiracy people just being nuts. (laughs) Yes, and you know, what you said just then is precisely what uh, the general who was head of the Defense Intelligence Agency told me uh, after he got into that position. This is a three-star general, and Mm. and, um, he said, look, once I got into this position, uh, I, I realized that this was true. He says, but when I made inquiries, into it. He says, all I got, and he got up, and I'm in the E-ring of the Pentagon with my team, and he got up and he picked up a little cartoonish sort of E.T. doll like you get at Walgreens. Mm-hmm. And he says, this is all I have been given through my inquiries. And I said, yes, sir, but there are people who are tasked with this who are in the Defense Intelligence Agency because they're now on my team giving us information. This man was in such a state of fear and shock over this. And, uh, and, and actually, uh, so was the, the J2, the head of intelligence joint staff, because he was the one who was flat out told, you cannot, uh, you do not have a need to know. And he says, well, damn it, I'm, I'm the head of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. How can I not have a need to know? They said, sir, we will not discuss this with you further. Click. So mm-hmm. the $2 trillion of our tax dollars, I might point out, that's missing, it's gone into these sort of programs. They've gone off the reservation completely. And this is an existential threat, not only to our country, I think, to the human race, because what's being withheld is not only uh, the potential for positive, peaceful contact with these civilizations, but this sort of dividend, if you want to call it a a space peace dividend, and my uncle and I have talked a lot about this, uh, who now lives in Southern California, um, about the fact that, you know, we have this potential to lift humanity out of poverty and put us on a path of sustainability without destroying Gaia, without cannibalizing the planet. And, you know, but Ben Rich, who was the head of Lockheed Skunk Works, he said, yeah, we have all of this. And, 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 you know, three members of my team were with him when he said this. And the the Skunk Works, of course, are the super secret operations at the Lockheed Martin Corporation. And he says, but it's locked away in a black box, it would take an act of God to ever get it out to benefit humanity, to which I said, well, then we have to be that act of God. We have to come together as a people and see that this information and these sciences and technologies come out for peaceful use.
right, well, Erica. Encouraging. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you for you. calling. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. All right. You're talking about technologies. Um, your book refers to a number of technologies. Uh, you refer to zero-point energy. Um, you, what are some of the technologies spelled right out that the aliens uh, have, uh, that we may have, that we can't use right now because of these uh, clandestine operations? Well, it's interesting. You know, the American Federal Federation of Scientists came out in October with a report Uh, And this is a very mainstream scientific entity that there are over 5,100 patents that have been inappropriately seized under the National Security Act, even things as trivial as a solar photovoltaic generator that got 20% more efficiency than the old ones in 1971 were seized under the National Security Act. Now, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is the American Federation of Scientists, a main report on excessive government secrecy. So you can look it up and you can go to the orionproject.org, which is our energy project, and see it. Now, when you start dealing with these sort of sciences and technologies, you're dealing with and I, I don't want to get into the physics too far, but it's a very high voltage, VHV, very high voltage resonant field system. And what that does, it opens it up, if you want to look at it, a vector or a tap into the fabric of space-time, this zero-point energy field that is at the base of you know, the subatomic particles that are fluxing in and out of the sea of infinite energy that Nikola Tesla talked about. This is real. It's been proven. It's been in mainstream physics journals. What hasn't come out in mainstream physics journals is that we have discovered how to use very high voltage VHV resonant field systems to tap into that field. So you could have something that looked like a heat pump or generator sitting on your coffee table it would run all the needs of your house without being tied into a utility, without an energy bill or a power bill or burning any coal or nuclear uh, fission. This, this, of course, would be a complete transformation of civilization on Earth. But as I mentioned earlier, it'd be the end of people's multi-hundred trillion dollar nest egg of fossil fuels and coal and gas and oil and, and basically the petrodollar system that's based on that. So it would be the largest geopolitical change as well as macroeconomic change, but it would give us an ability to have a, a sustainable planet without poverty. And the reason the system, you know, I have a document from 1953 uh, that's in the book, Disclosure, that has uh, the CIA saying, if we can ridicule this enough and in fact engage Disney Studios to make sure. to make comedies and make cartoons about this subject, uh, then it will be a, a great psychological warfare value. So the whole matter has been very carefully positioned, and this isn't my opinion. This is something that can be proven through the documents that we have gotten released. And, and actually, just before I briefed the CIA director, I got an enormous box of documents uh, from the CIA, and many of them had never been seen before. And so we've provided as many of these as we can, and anyone who, who reads through them even casually, well, their, their jaws will drop open because it takes it out of speculation right away to fact. But then you have to, the, the big question, the hardest question always to ask, if I might say so, is the why. Why are people keeping this secret? And you have to then understand that there are a couple things. One is this energy issue and technology issue and macroeconomic power. Another one is, I hate to use the word, um, religious, 
but sort of a spiritual, religious question. A man at Jet Propulsion Labs told me the reason they don't want to show some of the very ancient structures that are on uh, Mars and on the moon, which are left over from some very ancient ET civilization, is that he told me, and this was a scientist telling me this, he said because it would collapse the foundations of all the orthodox fundamentalist belief systems on Earth. And I said, well, good. I said, anyone who believes we actually rode dinosaurs bareback and that we were climbing around on dinosaurs playing with them 6,000 years ago, like this museum in Kentucky shows, you know, why are we pandering to that crowd? He says, because that's 25% of Americans. And I said, well, grow up. <laughs> you know, this is ridiculous that, okay. that, you know, that there's this kind of thinking still going on that they don't want to offend because a lot of this information coming in, frankly, would up. And now not at the Vatican. I went to the Vatican some years ago. And if you in our book Disclosure, you'll see an interview with Monsignor Balducci, who is senior theologian to Pope John Paul. Wonderful man. And and. The interview I did with him, he makes it very clear that, yes, we're being visited. Yes, we're all children of God. There's no reason for this to be secret. And the most dangerous thing we're doing is weaponizing space, putting weapons out there to do exactly what this caller talked about, and that is to target these vehicles and, and to engage in all kinds of nefarious activities. And and this is uh, not a low-level guy. This was an official interview. And he turned to me after the interview, and he says, you know, he said, Dr. Gurr, I could not do this interview with you unless Papa, he was saying, the Pope, had wanted me to. So there's a lot of positive movement going forward. Um, I, I sometimes worry it's too little too late, but we do need to get this information out because the world really can't wait while these uh, classified projects run amok. We need to go and make peaceful contact. And I'm actually going to be in Southern California at the Conscious Living Expo and, uh, this weekend, February 13th and 14th. And then I'm going to be doing a three-day training in Orange County, February 18th, 19th, and 20th, if people want to come to that. Or we're going to go out into the stars every night and practice these protocols of remote viewing and contact so people understand that it really isn't difficult to make contact. However, you need to at least approach it with an open mind and free of the fear and prejudice that passes out there. You know, there's so much negativity on this subject. You know, if you were to believe Hollywood and all the videos out there, you'd think that everyone's being, you know, abducted and raped and mutilated. And, and there's nothing of the sort going on. I think all of that is just concocted to try to, to, to uh, kill people's interest and, and also to, to make people afraid. So, so you're saying that abductions, that's a concoction. I think that as is currently described, there are people who have had contact, but the, a lot of that has been concocted by the intelligence community to scare the hell out of people. In fact, I know personally some of the people involved in the abduction uh, community have been funded by those uh, interests. And I know this for a fact. So okay, I now, think the question becomes, why would they want people to be afraid of, of aliens? Well, you know, what, you know what Werner von Braun, who invented the rocket for Hitler, said uh, before, right before he died? He said, look, first we'd have the Cold War, then there would be global terrorism. And we, we released this before 9-11, by the way. And then there would be the alien threat, because eventually they want to be able to unify everyone, kind of like the movie Independence Day, where they say, come on, let's kick alien butt, uh, you know, and, and unite everyone in this sort of uh, a Manichaean battle for for Earth between the dark and the light forces. And I, unfortunately, the New Age and the UFO subculture have taken this bait hook, line, and sinker. And, and uh, I think most of it is rubbish. Okay. Now, I, I listen to your arguments, and I, and I reflect. And I'm old enough to realize that every single one of these, from the macroeconomics, the petrodollars, da-da-da-da-da, 
They've been around 50-plus years. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, so, so there's nothing new about these arguments. Uh, now, my question then would be, you, you get documents from the CIA. Are you getting these uh, under the Freedom of Information Act? Do you have sources inside? I have Your both. literature indicates that you have direct contact with aliens, that you're able to call them in, that indeed you teach people how to do that. Yeah, but it isn't uh, and, difficult because, you know, the ETs are not – the ETs actually would like to have some way of making contact with humans that is not dominated by a military paradigm. And that, right, but that, the psychologist in me says you position people. I mean, you're familiar with positioning. I heard you go through that. You position people. You you say things to them like there is someone in the group without good intent and a clean heart if they don't show up, or the ETs feel threatened by the U.S. military or even though they won't fully materialize. And these are your quotes. Uh, they will manifest in a thousand other ways. So the psychology do, of the individual is completely uh, positioned. Uh, to, they either then see, hear, experience, or, or they're the one guilty, perhaps, of not bringing it. So my question is, how do you, oh, do no, this? How do you know this directly, Dr. Greer? But they're not—they're not puppets on a string. I mean, you set up the conditions and you, you attempt to make contact and then see what happens. I mean, obviously, nobody has sort of control over whether an ET vehicle or a being is going to show up. But if, if you go to csti.org and csti.org, you're going to see images and things of encounters that have happened, and even and, and there are other ways that you know everyone's very visually oriented. But we have been out in very remote areas where a set of electronic tones have come in from a sort of trans-dimensional space-time and, and all kinds of unusual phenomena. And I think that people, you know, rather than a sort of teleologic approach to this, there, there, are, many, if there, there are many ways that interstellar civilizations may want to contact humans. And we have to think for a minute, if we showed someone a cell phone, 200 years ago, they'd probably burn you at the stake as a witch. We're dealing with civilizations that may be hundreds of thousands to millions of years technologically more developed, or even a few thousand. But if you extrapolate out thousands of years of the technological pace we're on, almost every aspect of how they might appear would look like magic to us. So there has to be a sense of humility that there are a lot of ways that these advanced civilizations could appear besides something that looks like a Steven Spielberg movie. And in fact, that's the least likely way, in my opinion. Um, there are other ways, and many people who've had contact have had this contact on these other trans-dimensional and conscious levels, uh, because I think that that is the reality of interstellar travel. Uh, I, I think it's not an accident that that area and at Nellis Air Force Base is called Dreamland because uh, some of this stuff seems like a lucid dream when it's happening. And it gets into some very, very interesting ideas of, of reality, uh, which are probably beyond the scope of this, this hour we have together. But, but it, it's something we can understand and can put into an operational paradigm and, and learn to become ambassadors from Earth, sort of citizens to ambassadors to Earth, just like the physicians with social responsibility became ambassadors informally to the Soviet Union and helped create that sort of detente and, and eventually the glasnost and perestroika that, that occurred. And I think this is exactly what we as, as citizens need to be doing. Okay. Yeah, I, I find it very interesting. Uh, you, your material is... Uh, it, it, to cover it properly in one hour is just ludicrous. We, we could spend several hours on this. Quickly, crop circles. 
tell me, uh, you cover some of the crop circles. You mentioned the tones, the frequencies. Uh, is this a method of communication? I believe the ones that are, aren't hoaxed are, yes. And But there are many of them, of course, that are hoaxed. I think Colin Andrews, who coined the term a crop circle, and, and he and I are both going to be at Conscious Life Expo in L.A. this weekend, he feels that probably 70 80% of them now are hoaxed. But the ones that are real, if you take out all the noise and find the real sound, are really profoundly interesting. And uh, they seem to be some type of archetype uh, communication. And in addition to that, there have been well-demonstrated um, ET vehicle sightings in and around the crop circles, we had such an encounter, um, our own group, but also these electromagnetic tones and frequencies. The BBC was with Colin Andrews and Pet Delgado uh, in a crop circle when suddenly this uh, very unusual electronic tone started coming out of the space around them, and it actually damaged the, the BBC. Uh, back then they had beta cams, I guess, and, uh, and it did about $75,000 in damage to, to all their cameras all right. and equipment. But yeah, when we, time, and that, we, we have that the recording, by the way, and, and the recording is an amazing thing to hear. Okay, we're out of time. Give your website again so everybody can follow up and go there, please. Yes, it's uh, CSETI.org for those who want to come to these trainings and expeditions. And uh, for a disclosure project, it's disclosureproject.org, O-R-G, because we're a nonprofit. And there are several books. As I say, there are links on my site. Uh, Contact, Countdown to Transformation, one that I've personally read, definitely worth reading. Uh, I invite you all to go look at it. I mentioned earlier that we had a survey we ran at the top of the hour. Uh, we've done a post-survey, and what we have now, uh, 83% believe uh, in UFOs. Uh, so it sounds like you've been convincing. We appreciate your visit. We Thank hope you. all of you have enjoyed our hour. We hope you'll join us again next time, same place, same time. Uh, you know. And if you have comments on our show, do let us all know. Okay, until next time, wherever you are in the world, remember, believing in yourself always matters.